Hey church, uh, Andreas here. I'm so happy to be with you today, uh, even uh, though I'm not with you in flesh. I kind of feel like Paul writing and saying, hey, I wish I was with you. Uh, thank God for technology. You were supposed to be in Houston, be with you guys. Our family was excited. And uh, obviously because of COVID, we're not allowed to enter uh, the U.S. Uh, as of now, we're hoping for it to lift. We're all doing good. Uh, family's good. Family's strong. We're looking forward to being uh, in Texas. We love Texas. You know, the, the kids been looking forward to the sun and the pool and the water and my wife as well. You know, she loves it over there. You know, I've been looking forward to diesel trucks and Bass Pro Shop and all these things. You know, it, it is what it is. I love Texas. We're looking forward. And, you know, we can't wait to come back one day uh, to be with you. But more than anything, we love church. We were there last time. We were so blessed meeting so many wonderful people. And my God, we love your pastors, Pastor Kerry and Pastor Chris and the whole family. What, a, what an awesome couple they are. What a, what a strong couple they are and the whole family. We're, we're so blessed, Lena and I, to have mentors and have people in our life that we look up, up to that has been doing this for a long time and uh, that we can learn from. And uh, their kindness and generosity uh, and leadership in our life has made us so much better and continues to make us better. So we're excited. It's going to be good days ahead when we can see each other again. It is what it is here in Sweden. We're in the studio because we can't really meet yet. We can only be 300 people. And it's been a tough season, but God is good. And we're looking forward to building up church again and doing great things in the future. If you're in church today, you're in a good place. You know, the day of the Lord is for the house of the Lord. I believe that. Thank God for online and community and all that. You know, we can have out there if you cannot come to church. But if you can come to church, there's no place uh, to be that is better than in the house of the Lord. And so thank you for coming today. I have the privilege to preach today. But I got to tell you, I usually go to America five, six times a year in Sydney and England and preach. But I have been in Sweden for a year and a half. So my Swedish, uh, sorry, my English could be a little bit rusty. So hopefully you can bear with me. I know you guys are smart. So if there's a Swedish word in there, you'll Google it. You'll figure it out. Um, it's going to be great. We're missing out having all the students coming over from Woodlands to our summer camp. Every year they come and bring a whole group of people. And man, they're such a blessing. You know, our students and our leaders, they talk about you guys for months after you leave. You leave such an impact and such a profound, uh, uh, the impact you do and the, the ministry you do and the way you touch lives is incredible. So thank you for all the years coming over and serving with us and serving us and teaching us and helping us. And I can't wait for, for everything to go back to normal so you guys can come back again. It's going to be good times. Okay, well, we're going to get into the Word. I have a thing that I want to talk to you about. Now, you know me. If you've been in church, you heard me before. I'm telling you I'm going to try to speak slow, but I'm excited. So I might preach a little bit. In here, uh, where we're preaching right now, in one of our campuses, for some reason, the AC doesn't work today. And it's one of those days in Sweden where it's hot. It is, uh, I don't know, 85, 88 degrees. And uh, so I got no AC. I got a message that put me on fire. So it might get sweaty, but you know, hey, you're from Texas, you know, you know how it goes. I want to talk to you today about um, a topic called what you see is what you get. You know, I've, I, I like to pay attention. I didn't go a long time in school. I did what I have to do, but I've learned a lot in life through paying attention. I worked as a farm grow, uh, on a farm growing up. After ninth grade, I started working in the summers and I worked with my grandpa and I worked with different people, worked at farms, in the woods. I did all kinds of stuff. And I figured out pretty quick, if I, if I study what they do, I can learn what they do and I can become good at what they do. 
You know, a lot of times in life, if you just learn how to study, you learn how to see, you learn how to pick up, you know, there's a, there's a trade that we got to look after so it doesn't go missing, and it's called paying attention. I love being at an airport and just studying people, thinking, where are they going? Why are they so stressed? Why do they check in this way? Why do they just do it calm and orderly? And I like to sit at a, maybe at a mall or somewhere and just study people, thinking about what they're doing, where they're going, imagining what's going to happen. I love, I love to look at things. I love to watch Discovery Channel, just look at things, you know, learn things. And I got this thing I'm looking at now of bush people up in northern Northern Hemisphere up in Alaska, living up there, you know, like living the old trapper life. Man, he looks so good. I just love paying attention. And I figured out in life, there's a lot of things you can read and learn. But there's a whole lot in life you got to pick up by paying attention. And I tell you, one thing to not learn is to live your life in your phone because you're going to miss so much that is happening around you. And the way you look is going to determine what you see. And what you see is going to determine how you live and what you believe life can be. What you, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you, you can't aim for something you're not seeing. And that's, that's why I feel it's so important that we as Christians understand that God continually wants us to lift our eyes, to lift our view, to look further, to believe bigger and not live our lives. Maybe this past season with COVID season with isolation and all kinds of stuff has, has just narrowed our lives. We've narrowed our circles. We've narrowed our, our outlook on life. And, and maybe for some people, you feel like your life has shrunk. And if we're not careful, that can, be, that can become our new normal. We just live our lives like that. We've been, we've been so trapped. We've been so isolated. We've been so locked up. So life has shrunk down our worldview. Our world has been so small that when we think ahead and when we look forward, you know, we're not, we're not seeing what we used to see. See, if you're going to hit something, you have to aim for it. And if you're going to aim for it, you're going to be able to, you have to be able to see it. I've been thinking about it when it comes to our church. We've been locked down. We haven't been able to have services for over a year. You know, at one point we could be 50 people in a room, but we got six campuses all over Sweden and, and we can't just make it work with that. And we've had to try to do it online and connect groups and all these kind of things. And we've done what we could and God's been good during the circumstances. But see, I don't want to build a church where this is the new normal. I, I, I want to look ahead because the promises that God gave us, you know, two years ago, they're still valid. The dreams you had, Two years ago, they're still valid. It's not like God is sitting on his throne and a virus comes along and God goes, Ooh, we're going to have to change everything we ever believed and everything we ever thought. Now, God's promises and his direction and his dream for your life and his calling on your life will not be shaken by something that is temporary. So we have to make sure that we don't build a permanent worldview, a permanent world during a temporary situation. You know, the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, chapter two, verse nine, one of my favorite verses, it says, no eye have seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. What does that mean? It means you haven't even seen what God has for you. Maybe you think, man, I'm a big dreamer. I'm from Texas. Everything's big in Texas. I love, that's why I love Texas. Cars are big. Everything's big. Burgers, big steaks, big ribs. Big. Everything's big. I love Texas. But even in Texas, you haven't even seen everything that God has for you to see. And if you don't believe there's more for you to see, you're not going to look for it. 
You're just going to think what I've seen is what, what it is. And what I've seen, that's the way the world is. What I've seen, that's what's ahead of me. But God is clearly saying through Paul, no eyes, not even yours, not even mine, have seen. No ear has heard and no mind has imagined. Even the biggest dreamers of us, we're dreaming too small. What is Paul saying? He's saying, there's more. There's more in store. There's more ahead of you. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about what you see is what you get. Because we as Christians, we have this, we have this superpower that we can believe for things that we cannot see. We can aim for things in the spirit that we cannot yet see with our eyes. We have this dimension of faith where God wants to lead us into the future, lead your family, lead your life, lead, lead you into the future uh, with things that you cannot see with your eyes. So if you're only guided by your physical eyes, you're missing the point. You're missing your aim. You got to open your spiritual eyes to see. See, most people... And most people's lives and foundation and trust and hope is based on what we see or what we don't see. It's either based on what we see or it's based on what we don't see. I don't see that, so I can't do that. I've never seen anyone in my family do that, so I don't believe I can do that. Nobody, nobody from my family ever can hold a marriage together, so I don't think I'm going to be able either. No one in my family owns a house. No one in my family has an education. No one in my family, you know, can get ahead. No one in my family, whatever you can't see, you can't see. And what you can't see, you won't believe for. Or you will only trust in what you see. I'll trust in my car. I trust in my house. I trust in my pension fund. Now, all that stuff is good, but it's not good to trust in. All those are things that can come and go but the word of God is forever so people trust in what they see or what they don't see they trust in what they understand you know a lot of people they will put more trust in what they understand than they will put in God who we fully cannot comprehend some people they put their trust in what they can control some people put their trust in past experiences this says they say this is my experience this is what I know this is what I've done you know sometimes experience can be the biggest obstacle to your next success because you're limiting the future to what you already experienced you know sometimes I think experience is overrated Experience is being an, an expert on everything that has already happened. No, it's good with experience. We learn from experience. We bring experience with us. But you cannot build your future only on past experiences. Whether good or bad doesn't matter because God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, it means that God has more for you, my friend, if you find a way to embrace it into your life. You know, it's often easier to trust what we can hold in our hand than to trust the things that God has promised us that we cannot see yet or stuff that has not yet come into our lives. And sometimes we shrink down our lives like COVID has shrunk our lives in so many ways and limit our, you know, I was supposed to be with you guys, but I can't be there because, you know, Swedes are not allowed into America. I don't know why. We're good people, you know, like I'm, I'm healthy, I'm good. I understand it, but life is limited. But sometimes, you know, we limit our lives to stuff, stuff that we can hold on to. I trust in what I can hold on to. I trust in what I can, what is materialized, what I can touch. If I can touch it, it's real. See, this life with God, it's a life of faith. Every step is a step of faith. It's, it's a walk on water where we say, God, I've never been here before, but if you call me, I'll go. I love that song. You lead me out upon the water. You know, that's a life of faith that God has for us. You know, our lives will be shaped by two things. Ultimately, what we see, and what we don't see. 
See, it can be shaped by what we see and that will, that will be what we build our lives on or it can be shaped on what we don't see, faith. I want to share with you today three things that has really helped me. And as I was writing this down today, um, I was really reminded myself uh, about uh, the walk of faith, the trust in God. See, a lot of times I, I kind of feel in my life that God is leading me to a place and He doesn't leave me. But he let me be, he's kind of like he lets me be in a season just to remind me, hey, it doesn't matter what season I'm in. I'm still a child of God. I can be there or I can be here. Paul says, I'm content with much. I'm content with little. I'm joyful in prison. I'm joyful when I'm free. God, Paul is saying, it is not the circumstances that determines my happiness. It is not the circumstances that determines my victory. My victory comes from God. It comes from the Lord. And therefore, if you're here today and you listen to this, I hope this is a message to you. And I want you to know, and the only thing I want to talk to you today about is that there is more for you. And if you can see it, you can get it. I'm not talking about no name it or claim it or whatever. Send this here and you will get this here. No, I'm talking about a spirit-led life where we trust God fully and believe that He has things ahead for you that you can't even imagine. The Bible says we don't even know how to pray about it. God has so great things ahead of us so we don't even know how to, I don't even know how to pray it into existence because He has more than I can even imagine in my life and so for you, my friends. So three things that affects what we see. What we see is what we get. So how we see is instrumental to what we get. Three things that will affect what we see. The first thing I want to talk about is a narrow mind. See, I grew up in a family where our worldview was very small. I, I was raised in a family where, where um, our mindset about the world was very narrow. In a small city, small country city. Man, I'm country through and through. You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. I am from a little redneck town, you know, with 8,000 people and 200,000 cows. And our worldview was small. I didn't grow up dreaming about, uh, you know, uh, this and that. I was dreaming about America because I was watching John Wayne movies and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I didn't have a big worldview. So what, is I, what, I, what I was aiming for was only the things that could fit into my worldview. But you see, some people, they would always, um, they will always pull God down to whatever fits in their view. And if you have a narrow mind, you will try to pull things in to the area where you can see. And if it doesn't fit there, you will dismiss it. But you see, uh, everything, if you see everything through a narrow mind, you're missing so much. I brought this today. I'm not sure if my wife's going to be happy because I pull out all the paper and I put it in the, in, in the kitchen before I left. But this is one of these things that, you know, it has paper around it. And it's, uh, I don't know what it's called in America. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a paper thing, you know, like what's, it's leftovers. See, a lot of people, it reminds me about how a lot of people are living their lives. They're living their lives. And instead of saying, you know, well, the Bible says, well, no eye has seen, well, no ear has heard, talking about the bigness of God, the greatness of God, you know, the creator of universe, he's limitless, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. You know, we live our lives as, as if life was just little as we can see through this thing. When I look through this thing, it looks ugly on screen, I guess. Uh, but if I look through this thing, I don't see a lot. I can see one thing at a time and it completely isolates the surrounding from me. 
The problem with the narrow mind is it, it tries to bring everything down to what fits in this. If I would live my life like this, walking around, I bump into things. You know, people say, hey, man, there's, look at that. That's awesome. And you go, well, I can't see it. So therefore it doesn't exist. And after living like this for, for a while, we'll, we'll change our worldview and we negotiate the world and we negotiate God and we negotiate everything in this life that if it doesn't fit in here, either it's not for me or it doesn't exist. It is hard to talk to a narrow-minded person. It is hard to reason with a narrow-minded person, you know, who just go, well, I'll never get married again. I'll never do that. That'll never happen to me. I'm not one of those. You know, God is never big. He's never done anything for me, blah, blah, blah. And you live with such a small mind, you know. And it's funny, you know, when you, when you think about it, you know, my daughter is going to start driving. And, you know, we, we start a little early over here out in the back country and, I'm telling her when we're driving, I say, hey, don't look down on the pavement. You, you don't need to look five yards ahead of the car. Pavement looks the same all over the world. I've been around the world. It looks the same wherever you, you need to look at it. Lift your eyes. Look around. Look at the cars ahead. Look at the sides. You know, let your eyes go like this. You don't need to look at the pavement five yards just ahead of the hood. You know, just, just, just look ahead. But often in times, that's how we live our lives. We just, we just look ahead and we, we live through this narrow mind and through this narrow lens of life. And, and God is trying to bring things into your life and you're praying, oh God, give me this. God, help me with this. God, would you please do this? And God, like, it's, it's right here. And you go, I can't see it. I can't see it. Therefore, it's not there. And you keep praying about things that God has already brought into your life. You're saying, God, I need a friend. But you're like, I don't see any friends. But if you take away this lens, this narrow lens of life, you'd see everything that is around you. You know, I love this statement. It says, your eyes will never see wider than your heart is open. I'm going to let that sink in. Your eyes will never see wider than your heart is open. See, I believe narrow-mindedness. It is a heart thing, ultimately. I look on God. Our outlook on life, our outlook on humanity, on people, on ourselves, it comes down to our heart. It comes down to what we allow God to do in our heart. And I'm going to read a scripture in a second. But it also says, there's another statement that says that we can live. I believe Pastor Brian said, Brian Houston, my pastor, and he said, we can live as small as our narrow mind or as wide as our open hearts. I love that. We can, li we can live as small as our narrow minds or as wide as our open heart. My prayer for you, my friend, is that you will live with an open heart and not a narrow mind. So when you look out on life, when you look around you, that you don't, you don't look at a life that is small. God doesn't have a life for you that is a life of defeat, a life that is small. He has a life full of blessing and joy, overflowing joy. He has a future for you, no matter where you come from. Maybe life has just shrunk down your lens that you looked through and made it so small. Maybe past mistakes or experiences has just narrowed down your life to, to such a small outlook on life. Allow God to work in your heart. And when he works in your heart, he will open up your vision so you can see everything there is to see. I love Colossians. Paul is writing to the Colossians in the message uh, translation. Or it says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19. Listen to this. You're going to love this. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. How good is that? What, what's your view on God? He says, so spacious, so roomy, 
So sometimes we make God out to be this small, you know, narrow mind. You got to think like this. You got to believe like this. And we Christians, we're fighting for our views. You know, uh, there's nothing worse than Christians, you know, fighting with the Bible, narrow minded, you know, ugly and sometimes mean, you know, he's like this, he's like this, he's like this. If I, he's the way I see him, he's the way I, he's the way I want him to be. And, and we fight about things and we fight about this and that in life. And, and, and you know, someone, you know, you know, coming in and saying, I got a dream, you know, they, they'll, they'll cut him down in a second. But you know how God is? He's so spacious. He is so roomy that everything of God finds his proper place in him without crowding. That means you can have the biggest dream. That means you can look at the future. You can lift your eyes and look as far as you can and it will still fit within everything that God is. You can pray the biggest prayer. You can believe the, the biggest things for yourself and your family or your church or your friends you're praying for or whatever. And God will not go, oh man, that's a big prayer. I don't know if we can fit that prayer up here in heaven. You know, you're down there praying, you know, dear Lord, save my aunt, save my kid, you know, do this, do that. And you, you, you're really believing, you're praying, you say, hey, turn my business around. It's not like God is sitting up there saying, man, they're praying so big prayers. We don't even know where to fit these big prayers. No, God, he's roomy. That means that there's room for you to journey as well. Maybe you feel like, you know, like, I don't even know I'm trying and I'm falling and I'm getting up and I'm falling and I'm getting up. Hey, listen, God, he's roomy. He's spacious and he's gracious. And I want you to have this look on life. I want you to have this view of the future that you don't have to live a narrow life. You don't have to live a limited life. You can live a life where, where you look into the future and say, hey, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what I can't, can't even think of in here. You know, he's greater. He is bigger. All right. The second thing I want to talk to you about, about what you see is what you get. What affects your, the way you see is your rearview mirror. Now, I don't got a lot of time, so I'm going to wrap it up here pretty soon. But I love Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, where it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So God is saying, hey, there's new things coming. But, you know, nothing will affect your view more than if you live your life in the rearview mirror. You know, there's a reason you've heard that before. There's a reason the front window of the car is huge and the rearview mirror is small because you're not supposed to drive and look in the rearview mirror. If you do, you will keep crashing into things. And there's some people, they, they, they keep their eyes on the, in the past. They keep their eyes on everything that is behind and they keep crashing into new things. I, I got to tell you a story. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know if Pastor Chris ever bring me back after I tell this story, but I got to say, this is before I was saved. I was a young kid. I was 18. I'd worked hard and I bought myself a car. You know, it was an old uh, Mercedes. You know, I thought it was really cool. You know, I had some wheels on it. You know, it was a sunny day. I was driving around in my little town where I came from. And, you know, I was, I, I'm not that old, but I was one of the first in my city with a CD player in the car. Come on, somebody. It's been a while. You know, it's almost 30 years. So I'm driving around on this sunny day with my CD player and my windows down and, and, and I'm blasting music and I'm like changing CDs all the time because I want people in my little country town to see that I got a CD player. Now listen, I wasn't fully sanctified, so I'm driving and on the side of the road was two girls. 
they're both from church where I grew up. I hadn't been there for a few years and uh, they're both from church and I'm, I'm pulling up and I say, hey, do you guys want to cruise? We're just cruising around town and they go like, oh, you know, they're good girls. We're not sure we should. And I'm like, come on, get in the car. Would you play some music? We drive around and, you know, the, the good day is getting better. Now I'm driving around, listening to music and I got two lovely ladies in the car, you know, and we're driving around thinking, man, I am the man. I am owning this city. I was stupid, I long, whatever, but I'm driving around. And I got my CDs in the back seat. And I'm thinking I gotta change some, you know, my, my, my CDs here so they see that I got a CD player. I'm not, I'm not like an eight-track guy. I'm not, I don't have this cassette things. I'm a I'm a CD guy and I got CD records now, you know, like I get these shiny things. They're awesome. I feel so old telling you this. For some of you guys, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm driving, like I'm like sitting down like this. I'm leaning back so I can barely see the road. Like I'm driving like this, you know, young and stupid. And I got my CDs in the back seat. So I'm I'm driving like this, trying to reach back and grab a CD. Here's what's happening. On my, I got, I got two people in the car. On my left side is another girl. I was 18. I was not saved. I was not a preacher. Okay. Don't write a blog about it. I'm driving. I'm trying to reach a CD in my backseat and I'm trying to look at this girl. And I got two girls in the car. I'm trying to do it without them noticing. Not going well. And as I do, bam, I slam into a car in front of me. I crashed my Mercedes. It wasn't Omish, but I crashed it. And what's happening, the girls in the car, they're running out of the car laughing. The girl I was trying to look at, she's on the sidewalk laugh, laughing at me. I got fluids coming out all of my engine. I got cool fluid coming out. All, everything's coming out. And I'm stuck in the city and making matters worse. The music stopped. My CD play broke somehow in the crash. A good day went sideways really, really fast. Why? because I did everything but looking ahead. If I would have been looking ahead, that would still have been a good day. But I kept looking at everything else. You know, some people in life, even some listening today, when you go through life, it's like all you do is looking at the side, being distracted, people pull you this way, people pull you that way. Or some people, you're trying to move forward in life, but all you do is keep looking back. You're looking in the rearview mirror, you're looking at everything in the past and you keep crashing. You know, for so long in my life, I kept crashing into things in life. I kept wrecking my life. And I, every time I did, it was because I allowed something from my past to distract me. It would be self-pity or it would be hurt or it would be something in my life, an excuse I made for not living the way I should live or taking responsibility the way I should have been taking responsibility. I allowed everything in my past to determine my future. And you know, my friend, if you're going to live a life that no eye has seen, that no ear has heard, you can't live your life through a rearview mirror. You can't let it affect your view. You have to, some, some, you just get rid of that rearview mirror. You know, if you're, if you're getting ahead, you don't need to look back anyway. Some people, you just need to understand you got a big window, but you're living your life small and you live your life backwards and you keep crashing in, you know. And Isaiah saying, hey, forget what's been. Forget everything behind. Some of you today, if you need permission, you need somebody to tell you, I'm here to tell you, hey, God has forgiven you. Forget what's behind. Stop letting it distract you. To some of you, stop, let, stop letting things that is coming sideways distract you and pull your view everywhere. Look ahead. Look to God. Look forward. Believe that great things is ahead for those who are looking for it. And third and last thing as we close that will affect the way you see things is who you listen to. You know, it's funny how what we hear shapes what we see. You know, growing up, what I heard shaped what I saw. When I grew up, you know, I grew up in a place and, you know, people would tell me, you know, you're never going to be anything. 
You're not going to amount to anything. Well, we're going to come and visit you in jail. We're going to, you're going to screw, you're going to do all this. And you hear that repeatedly. You become what they say. And you see for yourself what you hear people say about you. And thank God one day I came to America and I got saved when I was 20. And I got a pastor coach, Tom Mullins in West Palm Beach uh, down there. And he looked at me and he started saying other things. He was saying, you are a leader. You are a man of God. You're going to do great things with your life. You are better than the way you're living your life. You should live your life to a stand and he kept speaking these things into me that I've never heard but nobody looked at me ever for 20 years nobody looked me in my eyes and said you are a great young man you are a leader you're going to do great things for God and when I heard that I just decided to shut my ear to everything that people been telling me for 20 years and start listening to people who told me something different some of you guys you just need to change what you listen to and when you change what you listen to who you're allowed to speak into your life what you what you're listening to what you're watching what you're feeling yourself well that will change what you see. And when you change what you see, you will get things you never got. Here, here, here's the thing. You know, Moses, um, he, he's leading the Israelites out of Egypt and he's leading them uh, to the promised land. And he sends 12 spies to go spy the land that they're about to take. And it's Caleb and Joshua, another 10 spies. And they go and they go and scout it and they go and spy on it and they go and look for it. And, and they come back. And, you know, um, we know that nobody saw, seen them there. They're good spies. They've just been, you know, blending in, looking in, looking at the land, thinking about how can we conquer it. Then they're coming back. And, uh, and, uh, and 10 of them says, hey, it can't be done. Man, we saw people there. They're huge. And, and, and we felt small. And they thought we were small. How do they know what they felt about him? You know, if they would have seen them, they would have killed him. They're projecting their own inner fear, their own, you know, smallness onto what they thought other people thought about him. So they're saying, we can't do it. It can't be done. Even though God had said, I'll give you the land. Two people, they're different. Caleb and Joshua, they've seen the same thing, seen the same people, scouted the same land. They come back and they say, yeah, they're, they're big. It's going to be tough. But if God has said that we can have it, he's going to give it to it. It can be done. But Moses, he chose to listen to the 10 spies who said it couldn't be done. And because he listened to them, he could not see God doing it. It was what he heard when he listened to, this, to the 10 negative spies. When he heard their report, he decided to take it to heart and he changed the way he saw the future. What you hear is going to change what you see. See, if you're hearing negative things, you're going to see negative things. If you're hearing defeat, if you're around people who are complaining, if you're around people who are negative and, and, and talking down other people, talking down themselves, talking down you, what, that, that's what you're going to see. You need to get around people who will lift you up. You need to be one of those who lift others up. You need to get in the Word and read what God is saying because, you know, who, who do you listen to is going to change everything. You, you, you don't give everybody a voice in your life. You know, who you listen to will determine where you go. And hear what I love about Joshua and Caleb as we close. The number, Numbers, book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 24. It says this, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. You see, it didn't say because Caleb, who's Caleb and Joshua, because Caleb was smarter. Because Caleb was braver. Because Caleb came from better circumstances. It didn't say that. It says because he had a different spirit. He had a different spirit than the other 10 spies. That's why God is saying, hey, they're not going to get into the promised land. Caleb will. Joshua will. 
because they have a different spirit. We started with reading what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind can imagine or fathom. That's what God has in store for those who love him. What is he talking about? He's talking about spiritual things. He's talking about seeing things in the spirit. He's talking about believing God, but you know, trusting God. He says about Abraham in what is it? Romans 4, 17, that he called on things that were not as if they already were. He's calling out something that is not existing as if it's already existed. What is that? That is faith. We should be led by faith. And you, my friend, when you decide to lift your eyes and say, God, I believe I can see things that I can't see. I believe I can hear things that I've never heard. I believe I can start dream of things that I didn't think I could even dream of. Because God says, I have that prepared for you. It is waiting for you, my friend. I believe this fall, you know, the rest of 2021 coming out of a pandemic, it can be the best year of our lives. Maybe some of us have suffered. I know it's been tough on business, tough on, you know, we lost people. It's been real. But God still has things prepared for you, my friend. I believe for Woodlands Church that it's going to be one of the best seasons ever. You know, I'm just going to believe and pray and see that in the Spirit, that God has great things ahead for you. For you as a church, I love you, church, so much. And, and for you as an individual, for every leader, every volunteer, every attending church, every, everyone in the church family, I believe that God has great things for you. But you got to determine what you see. You will hit what you aim for every time. And if you aim for little, you're going to hit little. But if you allow maybe this simple message to stir your spirit and say, listen, I, I got to pull some distractions away. I got to take away my rear mirror. I got to, I got to stop letting these old voices, you know, pollute my, my inner spirit. I, I, need to, I, need, I, need to, I need to lift my eyes. David said, I lift my eyes. My help is coming from him. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking forward. I'm going to hear what I haven't heard. I'm going to see what I haven't seen. God has greater things in store for me. You know, my friends, sometimes we think it's hard. It is not hard. You know, all God asks us to do is trust him, take your first step of faith, lift our eyes, look forward to him, and trust that if, when we do that, he will do the rest. I want to pray for you. But I especially want to pray for anyone in the room today who's never made a decision to invite Jesus Christ into your life. See, here's the thing with God. God is not a religion that you got to obtain to, that you got to work yourself up to. There's a lot of religion where you got to do a whole lot of stuff to be qualified. A relationship with God is built on that God wants to come to you, that he sent his only son, Jesus, to come to you. And here's the thing. When I was 20, he came into my life. You know what he came to? He came into sin. He came into brokenness. He came into a mess. He didn't ask me to clean up house before he came in. He wasn't too holy to meet me at the state I was in. No, I just opened my heart and he came straight in and he started a transformation in my life. And that's the thing with God, my friend. He has so much good things ahead of you. And all you got to, the Bible says that your heart has a door and that God is outside of that, that door and he's knocking on your heart's door. And he says, if anyone opened that door, if anyone open the door to your heart, he will come in. No questions asked. He'll meet you where you're at. He'll meet you with your fears, your doubts, your mistakes, everything you got. All you got to do is open your heart and say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. Come into my heart. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're in the room today and if you're online today and you want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart, 
today, where you're at. Or maybe at one point you had a relationship with God. You had a relationship with Jesus Christ that was alive and you feel like you drifted away. Maybe you have faith. Maybe you pray sometimes, but you're not, you're not a follower of Christ anymore. You can pray along this prayer as well. Anyone who wants to invite him for the first time or you want to restart in your relationship with Christ, would you pray this prayer after me? Dear Lord, I invite you into my heart. Please forgive me of my sin. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Wipe away my past. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my peace and you are my hope. And I have a future because of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, can we give a big hand to everyone who prayed that prayer? Thank you so much. Church, I love you so much. I'm so sad I couldn't be with you. Hope this message has encouraged you. We love you so much. We're praying for you. Pastor Kerry, Pastor Chris, we love you so much. God bless you, Woodlands Church. I hope to see you soon. God bless you. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.